Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to Demand Gen Radio. We are still here in Scottsdale, Arizona at the B2B MX broadcasting, well, not live, but we are broadcasting from the conference floor. So if you hear some background noise, that's what's going on. And I am joined today by Kyle Johnson. Hey, Dave. Hello. If that name sounds familiar, then you've been an avid, loyal listener to the (laughs) podcast, because back on episode 16, Kyle and I did an episode together when you were the marketing automation manager at Thomson Reuters. Yep, been a while. But it has been a while, and things have changed. And you've recently joined a new company, HyperScience, and I want to hear all about that because congratulations on your promotion and career change because you are now the director of demand generation. So congrats. Thank you very much. So tell me about uh, the new role because it's big. I mean, you were responsible for a platform, which is a big role in and of itself, and now Mm -hmm. you've got a broader role. So it's... It's a funny combination when we think about broader role, smaller role, because at Thomson Reuters, I had a whole team underneath me, and now at HyperScience, I'm a team of one. Team of one. So broader in the sense of doing much more, wearing many more hats for sure, but then also have a much smaller team. So it's and, different. And not only is it a different size team and a different company, but you're on a different marketing automation platform. So you're now on Marketo, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Which is crazy. Did eight or nine years on Eloqua. And I've always told people going into interviews and such that, you know, it's kind of like driving a car, whether you're driving in the U.S. or in the U.K., right-hand side, left-hand side, it's not that different. I don't know if that's entirely correct because (laughs) it's a bit different. Yeah, well, you... uh Thank you for bringing our team back into your environment. And as you mentioned, you're working with Michelin. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Michelin on the team. Michelin, for those of you who have never worked with her, is amazing. Uh, She's been with the company a long time. And she is what I call the two-footed soccer player. So she is incredibly proficient on Eloqua. Uh, and she is also equally proficient on Marketo, and she often works with clients like you that have gone from one platform to another. Mm-hmm. Either it's a client that migrated with us, or someone like you that w- was using a different platform and now in an environment changed because she can help translate how things were done in Eloqua to how things are done in Marketo. And I cannot say how valuable having that bilingualness is because I come to Michelin oftentimes saying, hey Michelin, I know in Eloqua we can do it this way, and she's able to convert that into Marketo language and get what we need done. So I want to be a little bit selfish for a second and ask, because you are a loyalist, you bring us with you wherever you go, um, you are a team of one, mm-hmm. but you've extended that team to demand gen. What, what, what has you do that? What's the value that you find using an agency like us versus hiring internal people? Because I get that question a lot. We're here at the conference, and I can totally. tell some people have never worked with an agency before, and they're like, wow, that's how you guys get all this stuff done? Um, what's your perspective? I think time and place. So I think that having an agency bringing someone like you guys in is always helpful. I think depending on the skill set and expertise that you have on the team. So that's one. And the way that I'm using you guys now is to help fill in some of the expertise voids that I have. Not being a Marketo guy, I think having Michelin on board as an example is really helpful. So that's one scenario. I think another scenario is bandwidth and just overflow and being able to work with you guys and partner on doing things that I just otherwise wouldn't be able to get to, I think is really valuable. And I think either scenario is applicable to different businesses. And I think that there's oftentimes a, I think there's oftentimes a lot of value in at least exploring it 
to see if a partner can help supplement you in one of those two ways. Awesome. Well, thank you again for, mm -hmm. for bringing us back in. Let's talk about the new role. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people that are listening, right, we've all switched careers. We've all made career pivots and moves to new. What's been top of your mind? Uh, and, and, and be as transparent as you can mm -hmm. about thinking about the role, the responsibilities, your own uh, changes on the, on the personal life that comes with the new, new responsibility. Absolutely. It's so fun and challenging, and it's a whole new set of challenges. So in my last job or job ago at Thomson Reuters, being the marketing automation lead, working on a large company like that, I think that you develop a really deep expertise in a small sliver of the overall marketing function which I think is really great and I'm so thankful for my time at Thomson Reuters and being able to develop that deep expertise in marketing automation specifically. And I think that marketing automation is a bit unique in the overall marketing uh, different functions because it is such a core central piece to the overall marketing strategy that it provided me at least a lot of different exposure to all the different other parts of marketing, which I think made for a much easier transition into, into a more central sort of role like demand gen overseeing things like content creation and strategy and ROI and budgeting and things like that because marketing automation oftentimes at least touches each of those different groups individually. So what are going to be some of the roles that you think you'll first want to hire for and, mm -hmm. and build out on the team? So we've got three open roles and those are, let's see here, we're looking for a director of product marketing, we are looking for a content manager and we're looking for an events manager. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, and because events is one of the channels that you're either using or going to be using. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, HyperScience, I am the first marketer hired, and um, the only sort of resemblance of marketing that we've had historically has been attending industry events. So, that's the of the different marketing functions, that's the one that's most mature, which is funny to say because it's not really matured at all, but it is the furthest along. And so, bring someone in to help and execute that. I have gained a new sense of appreciation for people who manage events dealing with all of the details and timelines and fine print, goodness. It is crazy. It is not a part of marketing that I like in any way. I like being at events. <laughs> totally. I like doing what we're doing right now here, spending quality time at the event, but I don't like planning it or orchestrating it. It is overwhelming. It takes a very special, very special person. Yeah, and I've found that it's one of those things that you can't, that you can't half-ass, for lack of a better phrase. Um, no. So you, you can't do it because it's, of all those details and deadlines, yeah, yeah. and so things will quickly slip through cracks, and it's just something that you need to be on top of. It's, it's game on. By the way, uh, we do personality profiling uh, for the folks mm -hmm. that we hire at Demandgen. We use a platform called Insights. I think I've talked about it on the program before. And one of the things that that uh, system profiles is what your skills and strengths and capabilities are as it relates to things like your organization, time mm -hmm. management skills. Uh, and there's a certain color of the spectrum, the blue color, which is someone who's very process oriented. And uh, certainly I would think for someone hiring that role, you really want to know like, does this person know how to get shit done, get it done totally. on time? Because once it's an event, it's game on. There's, there's no chance to, to, to screw up. You can't delay that campaign, if right. you will, right? That's right. And events are such a large investment, at least for us. I think in general, they're a large investment, but they also take up such a large portion of our marketing budget. We don't have the, the benefit of wiggling, you know, being um, just sort of wiggling around with them, not hitting the deadlines and not getting the most out of that investment. Nice. So with your expanded role now, mm -hmm. um, look at this floor out in front of us. There's lots of white curtains forming different rows, and we've mm -hmm. got lots of MarTech uh, companies here and some sales tech as well. 
with you being a department of one and mm-hmm. just really embarking on the company's first journey into you know committing to marketing, you've got a marketing automation system, yep. check. You've got a CRM system, yep. check. Uh, and those two are integrated. Is new technology, looking at new technology, an initiative for you now, or is that something you're gonna think about later on? Oddly, not even the least, with a few exceptions to that statement. So I think that it's an interesting opportunity that I've come into because I've inherited a very robust marketing technology stack that, and we have tools, we have, like you said, marketing automation, we have a Salesforce system, or CRM Salesforce, and then we have three or four data providers. We just have a suite of tools that have historically just been collecting dust. And so what I'm doing is not looking at ways to bring in new technologies, but looking at how to um, how to start leveraging and getting benefit from the tools that we have in place. Nice. I did a podcast with Kate just a mm-hmm. couple hours ago, uh, and she was talking about the focus they've had in the past year from CenturyLink on condensing their MarTech yeah. stack and whittling down to the essential tools and getting rid of the overlap. Which I'm not surprised by when you think about the, the influx of different technologies and we think about Scott Brinker's MarTech landscape and the way that that diagram has ballooned over the couple years, last couple years, I think that it's also ballooned internally within organizations and everyone just wanting to buy the next best thing. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not at all surprised to hear that it's ballooned and now it's starting to contract and people are starting to get back to, back to the core of it. Yeah. And you know, the, the attendees heard me yesterday during the keynote, uh, kind of trash the the logo soup, right? You know, yep. just putting all the logos on the wall and that's where we painstakingly have drawn the demand factor as a way to really um, help you all hang something on your wall and say, this is what we're building. So we'll make sure we get one of those posters to you, Kyle. Uh, I want to I get your feedback. I, I'll get you a chance to get up close with the graphic and see if we missed anything. But for everybody listening, um, hopefully by the time you hear this, we will have this available for everyone. We have depicted um, the area of your demand factory for doing acquisition, for doing conversion, for doing expansion and measurement, and really detailed out all the processes and steps that it goes through. And, and in, in a visual way, mm-hmm. not, not something that's boring to look at, something right. that ideally is engaging uh, to talk through and, and do that. So that's, that's our gift to the community because we want to make it easier for people to talk about what they're doing and, and why they're doing it. Uh, these hires, when you bring people on board, mm-hmm. what's the process you guys use and went for yourself in turning, learning what hyperscience does? How, yeah. do you, how do you get marketers to know the capabilities, the customers, and, and some of the go-to-market messaging? I think it's pretty complex for a few reasons. First is that we just naturally have a complex product and that we're, we have a very complex sales cycle. So I think there's a lot of complexity to just wrapping your head around what we do and how we do it. So there's that level of complexity on top of getting a new job and working with a new team, figuring out new processes and all that. So when I had started, um, I was so thankful to step into a situation to where the onboarding program was very well fleshed out. And being and with my experience of working on big companies and small companies, I was surprised by how thorough yeah. the, the onboarding process was at HyperScience because really? we were a small Series B, 80 people company. So I was really, really pleasantly surprised with that. And so I think that the team has, has taken a very uh, thoughtful approach towards onboarding people and understanding that's such a critical time to the individual success for their duration at the company. And so I think that um, just really prioritizing that is something that's important. That's and so great. the way that we're doing that is there's documentation and steps and meetings set up and who to meet with outlined and such. And so I think there's that, which is a really good sort of skeleton or framework to go. 
And then everyone across the company has been so gracious and welcoming and just will appease you and answer your questions. And, and I have gone so far as to bug my sales team with filling out surveys for me to help me understand who our customers are and why they care about us and what their pain points are. So I think that the, the combination of the preparedness and then the, the collaboration, I think, are the two things. Nice. Uh, in my book, which is uh, two feet away from you, there's a copy of it we've been giving away at the show. I talk about the movie Training Day with Denzel Washington. And uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't end very well for those two in the movie uh, at the end of their day together. But the point that I make in the book is how critical it is for sales and marketing to align and that I recommend that when a marketer goes into a new environment that you get out of the office and meet with customers mm-hmm. and find out why they're buying the solutions and the buying process that they went through, the onboarding and such. So have you had a chance to do any of that yet? Not yet. I haven't gone that far. I've sat in on sales calls, so I've gotten up to that point, but I haven't gone post-sale and got had the chance to interact with customers I yet. can't stress that enough. I know. It's on my to-do list. And I was just listening to your podcast a few weeks ago with Rob. And the, the collaboration between you guys and you had brought that same point up then, yes. and I think it's critical. Yeah. So definitely on my to-do list. I, I bring it up a lot, Kyle, because a lot of people don't do it. I'm going to hold you accountable if that's okay Deal. for that and check in. We'll uh, check in a few weeks. Because it's it, you, you'll just hear stuff from the customer that, that your product marketing team and your sales team mm-hmm. won't tell you. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear about their onboarding experience. You'll hear about their buying experience. And that insight's invaluable. And when I've you know I've, uh, been in mostly technology my whole, I'm trying to think, yeah, my whole career has been somehow in some way connected to technology. Mm -hmm. And the feeds, the speeds, the features, you know, all of those things that are about the product is often very rarely the reason somebody ultimately purchased the solution. I agree. I was talking to someone about that just the other day that I think with it's a bit of a tangent, but with our B2B marketing space, it's so small. And so when you talk about at the kickoff of this conversation, when we were talking about how you and I have worked together, our teams have worked together in a handful of different instances, I think it certainly is the product or the service or whatever at the at a base level. But then beyond that, it's the people that you buy from. Yeah. And I think managing the relationships and, and all of that, I think is so critical and influential to the process. Yeah. Well, I remember how our relationship started in New York City. <laughs> mm-hmm. We were we were sipping some nice whiskey, mm-hmm. and I say that because it came from your family, That's which right. was really cool. That's and right. uh, that was that feels like that was, I guess, about two plus years yeah, ago. I know it's been a while. A lot of change for you. A lot of change for Demandian over that time. Uh, let's talk about the conference and and end mm-hmm. there. Um, I can't stress enough for people to get out of the office and hit a few conferences mm-hmm. a year, and you do that. You're good about that. You'll go to the vendor conferences, whether that if you're using Eloqua, you'll go to their conference, yep. or now Marketo Adobe Summit is coming up. Yep. This conference is not put on by a specific vendor. It is put on Demand Gen Report, uh, which covers you know the, the B2B marketing industry, mm-hmm. and so the content is certainly more agnostic, yep. and there's more practitioners here revealing their stories and case studies. When you come to a show like this, how do you Truthfully, how do you prepare yourself? Are you are you building a session schedule for yourself, or are you looking at things while you're here and, and jumping into sessions uh, ad hoc? It has been a a change over time. So my earlier years, when I had more, like just more time, is really what it boiled down to. 
I would want to be very detailed and I'm a big spreadsheet person. So I'd go and build out a spreadsheet and say, this is where I'm going to be here and when and with who and was very thoughtful about that. And now um, for this conference, I've gotten to the point where I'm just trying to keep my head above water. Mm-hmm. And peop- I'm speaking on a panel a bit later today and people say, what's the name of your panel? Where's, where's it at? Pretty basic details. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Um, but so I, I try to stay organized and I want to be organized, yeah. but just trying to find the time. What's, what's the panel about? Uh oh. Um, it is about. Well, you're not the moderator, so it's okay I'm for you. I'm not the moderator. Say, Goodness, uh-oh. You're, Jocelyn, you're the answer man. I am pulling out my phone, which is horrible. If Jocelyn King listens to this, Jocelyn, I'm going to be good on panel, so don't <laughs> don't worry. It's about um, executing some of the demand gen orchestration and modernization and transformation. Yeah. Well, you know what? You I know Jocelyn, and and Jocelyn actually is going to come do an episode on demand gen radio. Oh, so good. I will tell her when we do that. You guys will probably hear me mention this. Is that the role? of the moderator is to make sure that you are really prepared Mm -hmm. and know the questions and content and really have a end state for the audience. Where should the audience land after the panel and then go back from there. So if you want to educate the audience on a particular topic Mm -hmm. or awaken uh, a, a topic that hasn't been talked about, I think the best panels are the ones where there's a level of preparedness so that um, you can leverage what each of you is going to share. So I'll give Jocelyn a little grief if she didn't prepare the group as well. She as did. She so I'm she I'm did. the one that deserves the, the grief. One. I know. I feel so bad even admitting that. Did you miss the prep meeting? No, we had it yesterday okay. and I was there fully, fully involved. So... Um, yeah, we, we had a really great kickoff conversation and following that conversation, one thing that I really liked about the approach that Jocelyn took was that it was fluid. We went in with the idea of saying at the end of it, we want the audience to walk away with these awesome. one or two things. But then we had some preconceived ideas of what the questions were going to be and what we would talk about throughout the panel. But as the group got together and we started to understand how we were jiving together and, and everything, it changed. And so the, the topic and the agendas that we had going into it, the questions actually changed by yeah. the time that we came out, which I think is really great. That's often the case, and that, that's good. You know, you, you have to make it a natural flow of conversation, and I think that conversation starters are just that, and you kind of see where it goes and how, how the, certainly the audience responds to it, see yeah. how engaged they are. All right, so uh, I want you to know I'm really proud of you of Thanks. uplifting your roles and responsibilities, taking on these new challenges. Thank you. You certainly accepted an environment where you didn't have the resources that you had. Uh, internally before a new marketing automation platform. So I'm going to keep checking in with you, Kyle, and make sure things are going well this year. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. All right. Well, thanks for coming by our little setup here for uh, Demand Gen Radio at the B2B MX Show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Sorry if it gets a little background noise uh, every now and then, but we are here with 1,100 people. And hey, call to action to all of you. If you haven't put an event on your calendar or two for this year, do as Kyle's doing and get it on the calendar and get out there and learn because it's not only the sessions, there's mm-hmm. 150 sessions here, but it is the networking, tremendous networking at night to learn from your colleagues on what to do and what not to do. Totally. And that's, that's some of the best reasons for coming. And I think that just quick tidbit, I think that's probably one of the most valuable parts of coming to these. The panels are great and the sessions are great and keynotes are great, but it's really building those relationships. And like you said, learning from one another on a more personal level is invaluable. Yeah. We did not uh, turn in last night till almost 1 a.m. 1 because the conversations were flowing. <laughs> uh, and I just want to say, knowing that I was going to do as many podcasts as I was today, wasn't cocktailing. We 
just out there <laughs> drinking water and enjoying the conversation. So I hope to see a lot of you that listen in to Demand Gen Radio at the upcoming conferences. I'll be at the Adobe Summit. I'll also be at Oracle's MCX, also in Las Vegas. Back-to-back Las Vegas shows, one week after another. I love Vegas. <sighs> Got to get my rest. <laughs> be ready for it. All right, that's going to do it. We'll catch you all in the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.